I'm Rob Kirkup. Welcome to How Haunted, a weekly paranormal podcast where each episode we explore the horrible history and terrifying ghost stories of one of the scariest places on the planet. In episode 67, I'm joined by Emma from the Weird Wiltshire blog, as we continue to explore the mysteries of an unfinished mansion in Gloucestershire. We discuss why the work has downed the tools and left. We attempt to separate fact from fiction when it comes to some of the darker tales surrounding this building. And Emma will tell us some more of this mansion's ghost stories. This week, we ask once again, just how haunted is Woodchester Mansion? Listener discretion is advised, as each episode of How Haunted will feature gruesome tales, horrific happenings, bloody murder and ghosts. So many ghosts. Listen on if you dare. Hello, and I'm delighted to welcome back for the third time returning poll to guest Emma from the Weird Wiltshire blog. If anybody's listened to all of the podcasts up to this point, you'll have heard Emma on the Ancient Ramen and then the Stonehenge episode. They're the two times that we spoke previously. For anybody who hasn't had the pleasure of hearing me and you have a conversation before, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah. Hi, Rob. Um, oh, yeah. It's always always an honour to come back on and have a chat with you and uh, we were saying earlier it's always nice to talk about ghosts isn't it with another enthusiast so yeah so yeah thanks for having me on and um for anyone that doesn't know me I have a blog called weird wiltshire um weird-wiltshire.co.uk if you're looking for it and I'm quite often over on twitter sorry x now moving on to blue sky as well and I'm over there talking about the strange and unusual goings on in Wiltshire and the world beyond, because I don't like to limit myself to Little County, even though there's loads going on there. Just depends what comes my way, really, what takes my fancy. So, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me normally. <laughs> yeah, and the place we're going to talk about now is just beyond Weird Wiltshire. Indeed. It's not, it's not in your county, but I know it's in your neck of the world, so I thought... I'll see if mm. you fancy having a chat. What you just mentioned X there, formerly yeah. known as Twitter. This is a perfect opportunity for anybody who listens to the outro of my podcast. I don't know how many people make it that far. Like I don't know if people just stop when it reaches the the end of the the topic of that episode. But I still refer to it as Twitter. Me too. Because like I still call Emmerdale Emmerdale Farm, and I don't think it's been Emmerdale Farm for about twenty years, and. Like I still, still call, call a Snickers a Mars bar. No, marathon. marathon. No, it? not yes. that one. But I do call <laughs> I do call Starburst Opal Fruit. So yes, yeah. So yes. but yeah. So the topic of this episode, and I'm sure everybody already knows this from the podcast title. But we're going to talk about Woodchester Mansion, which mm. this is a second part of a two part. So everybody who who's listened to this will hopefully have already listened to me talking about the history and the the ghost stories surrounding the mysterious mansion but i'd love to have a chat with you and get your thoughts because i know you've delved into a bit of a woodchester mansion rabbit hole over the last few days is it worth me talking about why i've had a interest in woodchester mansion for the last 22 years yeah tell us why did it start where did it start Back when I was growing up, there was a radio show on local radio called Night Owls, mm. which was hosted by a bloke called Alan Robson. He did it for over 40 years, and 
for the majority of his time, he did a special spooky show at Halloween. And then he started doing other spooky shows across the, the year because they were really popular. And Halloween 2001, he covered Woodchester Mansion. And he went in there all alone on Halloween night. And he walked mm. around and he was talking about what it, what he experienced. And I remember when he came out, the security guy, because there was only him there inside and a security guy from the radio station waiting from outside. And the, the security guy said to Alan, I'm glad you're out here because I've just heard a growl. And it didn't sound like any animal I've ever heard before. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. And when Alan was in there, he was talking about it. He was calling it the Witch Mansion, saying that it had connection to witches, which is something that I haven't seen anything about yeah. in any of the, the research that I've done. So mm. there was a story that he told as well that I'll put in following our interview just for the not I'll retell that story for the benefit of anybody who's interested. But it was a particularly dark story again, which I've not seen anywhere other than on that radio show 22 years ago. But a lot of the stuff that Alan was talking about back then when I was in my early 20s left an impression on us. And he, there was a lot of places that he talked about that I wanted to then go to. Like Chillingham Castle was one of the ones that he, he covered the following year, I think, in 2002. Back in 2001, talked about this place I'd never heard of, Woodchester Mansion. And it's somewhere that has mystified me and really made me curious about it ever since. And I've loved digging into it for these episodes. Well, I mean, it's funny, is on two counts. Firstly, back then, that was pre or it was at least the start of most haunted coming onto TV. And, and it was before like the whole paranormal scene was quite popular. And there was just a few of us sort of neat more niche listeners out there we weren't as well connected the internet wasn't really getting going was it so no. there weren't all these paranormal groups going in there so actually to find a radio show that mm -hmm. covered ghosts and all of those topics and um the reason I I I'm talking from experience here because my mum used to listen to London Talkback Radio when I was a kid I'd be totally disinterested unless there was like she'd shout me there's a ghost program on and listeners would ring in and tell their ghost stories and I'd be absolutely hooked to the radio and it's one of those things that I actually credit with getting my interest really started in this subject mm -hmm. so I see where you come from yeah, yeah yeah I mean Alan was in Woodchester four years before Most Haunted did it so I think he was in there doing the radio show long before it was one of these places that people just associate with ghosts. And I mean, I saw a really interesting tweet on Twitter probably a year ago now. I can't remember who put it out there, but it was a really thought provoking question about the fact that if we were to look at a book from the 80s or 90s about haunted places in the UK, yeah. a lot of the places that are now considered the most haunted in the UK wouldn't be in there. The likes of Woodchester Mansion, the Ancient Ram Inn, Jamaica yep. Inn, Chillingham Castle, none of those would be in there, you know. So I think it's it's a really interesting place. And I mentioned this to you when we were chatting by email, setting this up, but I did speak to somebody at Woodchester Mansion. So I spoke to Liz Davenport, uh, yeah, I've come across her name. Yeah. yeah, well, she wrote a book in 2017 called Woodchester, A Gothic Vision, The Story of William Lee, Benjamin Bucknell and the Building of Woodchester Mansion. Yeah. And yeah. 
she came that. back to us and I was very excited to see her name in my inbox because I, I, I recognized them immediately. And I was so disappointed to see the reply, which said, thank you for contacting me. However, I regret that I am unable to help you. I volunteered at the mansion for over 20 years and have never seen anything relating to the paranormal. Have we looked at, I, I didn't, it's not one of the books I've actually read, but have you had a look at her book? Has she, yeah, yeah. she mentioned nothing about ghosts? No, nah, it's just history. Um, I mean, it, it, okay. if anybody's got an interest in the history of Woodchester, I will recommend it because it's Kindle only. It's £7.50, but the mansion gets £5 for every purchase. Right. So that that's quite nice. But yeah, she hasn't experienced anything. However, it's not the end. That That isn't the end of the world. People have experienced things. And in part, like when I was doing research for the episode, I found so many news stories about the mansion being in the the local press down there in Gloucestershire. They're all in the previous episodes, so people will have had a chance to click on the links in the podcast episode description and see the videos and the photographs I'm talking about. But there's a video of a door opening and closing on command. Yeah. There's a photograph in the chapel of somebody standing in a doorway, um, which is captured on some CCTV. There was another news story from Halloween this... Well, just before Halloween this year about a group that were down in the chapel and had all sorts of things, uh, down in the cellar rather, and had all mm. sorts of things happening to them. So that one person hasn't experienced anything, but that's not to say that the place isn't haunted. Well, from what I've been looking at, I cannot believe that with all of this stuff that I've come across and read and that people, and some of them are real, true sceptics, and we've mm-hmm. had the ghost club in there, ASSAP have been in there. Um, Higgy Pop, I don't know if any listeners have come across him, but he's got a blog and he's a known sceptic. He said he saw um, the most definitive sort of apparition he's ever seen before in Woodchester Mansion. And I just can't see that uh, all of this stuff is, is phony or explainable, especially when they investigate it and you've got the scientific people in there because it's really rare for them to say, okay, we don't know what happened there. So, um, but I mean, the whole history of the place, I know you've covered it in the last episode, but it's just got such a long history. There's tragedy, ill luck, personal failure, misfortune. The house never, ever got completed, did it? And, And the land on which it seems like everyone that owned it just... Stuff happened to them, which meant that it never kind of got going. And yeah. I read somewhere that somebody questioned, has the house even got a soul? Is that why it's possibly so haunted? Um, Ooh, that's then, an interesting theory. I never saw that when I was looking into it. While I was uh, looking into this, I read the book. It's called The House of the Holy Spirit, and it was by Daniel P. Sullivan. And it's actually more about the sort of architecture and the design of the building but I wonder because of the way it was designed in this sort of gothic revival style mm-hmm. that and the way that William Lee who was obviously the builder of it he was very interested in the esoteric the mysticism yeah and his sort of in his he joined Catholicism didn't he in his mid-40s but it was a particular style 
style of Catholicism. I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to say this word right, but Tractorianism, which is sort of the part of the religion that's calling for a revival of the ceremony, ritual and mystery that came with Catholicism, rather where, you know, Protestants had stripped religion right back to the bare bones. So his idea of building it and making it into a centre for Catholic ceremony and meeting place, even though he never got it finished. Um, and he obviously got on board some very good architects. But there was a quote I found which is really interesting from Benjamin Bucknell, who was the one designing it. And he mm -hmm. said that to live in the house, it called for an austere temperament and certain hardiness. Um, the building of it was an exercise in pure structure and it was extravagant, uneconomic to run and probably uninhabitable. So <laughs> it's not a great start, is it, when the architect says that? No. I no. just wonder if the way it was built, what it was built for, um, and William Lee's sort of interest in this side of life has contributed towards the energies within the house. I don't know. Yeah, it seems weird, the land it was built on. And, of course, going back even before Woodchester was built, there was the Springfield, is it Springfield Park? Spring Park. Spring, Spring Park, Park Mansion. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and then before that, the Hunting Lodge. Yeah. Um, sounds like they had things going on back then. So, and one of the interesting things, actually, I don't know what what's your favourite type. Have you got a favourite type of ghost? One that springs. Oh, to what mind? a question! Favourite type of ghost. Yeah. What's yours? It's always. I'm a not going to copy. Headless horseman. <laughs> Classic. I kind of, I kind of want a copy now. I would you say can. no. I'm not, I'm not going to. I would say um, poltergeist would be pretty cool. Yeah, scary though. Scary, but I think if you're going to go in somewhere, if you're going to go somewhere looking for ghosts, you want scary, don't you? I mean, you don't want dangerously scary, but you no. want something conclusive. But I wouldn't mind seeing a headless horseman. But yeah, I mean, I think th I I've been on a load of investigations and I just want to see a ghost. Something clear yeah. as day, a spirit, a phantom that is undeniable. It's yeah. not just something out the corner of my eye or an orb or anything like that. Yeah. I just want to see a ghost of a scary little girl saying my name. It's the Robert, Holy Grail, isn't it? Robert, <laughs> yeah, that's it. You can give up when you've actually seen that or seen that grey lady float across in front of you and go through the wall. Yeah, that's it. Done. Completed it, mate. That 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 yeah. if that that's why I do it. A lot of people just immediately assume that I believe in ghosts, but the reason I do it is because I haven't conclusively experienced something that leaves me beyond a shadow of a doubt that they exist so that's why yeah. I, that's why i do but i mean i think to bring it back around to woodchester one of the big inconsistencies in all of the reports that i read is around why the mansion was never completed mm. you know and you're right i mean like william lee bought the land that spring park mansion was on and 
it's when he bought the land for what 170 grand the reason it had been sold was because the spring park mansion was in such disrepair and the estimated costs were around eight thousand pound to fix it which is the equivalent of about a million pound a day so wow. it was decided that it would just be more cost effective to build a brand new mansion to replace spring park mansion but the big as i say the big question is why was woodchester mansion never completed and over the last few weeks when i've been researching the, the, the mansion extensively for the episode i've read so many different theories and it seems like dare i say like a, a lot of people want to put a spooky spin on it when it may not necessarily be something paranormal i mean it almost certainly is nothing paranormal that's caused the no. work to halt although I, I have mentioned in the previous episode and, and those people listening will have heard it that there's a long-held story about the fact that there was a murder and the workmen left because they were worried that they were going to be next but i mean there's, yeah there's almost certainly no truth to that it was just that money ran out yeah it's pure economics really wasn't it and um and actually, I don't know if you covered this one, but going back to the actual before he, going back to Spring Park and mm. why he pulled it down and the reason that was sold was because it was um, it was owned by the Dulce family and the last owner of that family, and I might add, in apparently in the past 350 years, no one family has owned the park for more than three generations. So it gets moved on constantly. Mm-hmm. But this, the last Dulce owner was a, bit of a regency buck of low repute and he held a party to celebrate his inheritance oh yeah and they all sat down at the table for a grand dinner and that's when he saw the ghost of his father sitting mm-hmm. in his chair and he was so greatly disturbed that he said right the estate's going to be sold at any cost and it was sold at auction and that's where william lee picked it up in 1843 but there you go there's the real life reason is that it was actually in such a state he probably couldn't afford to do anything with it no and the ghost story that you've just talked about i mean i think from everything i can say that's the oldest ghost story associated with the land that woodchester's on now because as you say that that ghost story predates the mansion well actually that's where we come back to the headless horseman so have you heard this one is this to do with one of the lakes yes yeah so i have heard it but I didn't include it in the previous episode, so go crazy. <laughs> okay, so there was the, back in 1580, so before the Georgian house was even built, there was the hunting lodge, and there was an irreputable earl called Second George Huntley, who decided that he would just steal a load of land from the commoners and fence it all off to make this big deer park um and he wasn't the nicest of men anyway he he's actually not the one who's the headless horseman but he was apparently he was witnessed to be seen riding up and down the drive on his horse last seen in 1908 and interestingly what one of the accounts i came across from a guy called chris roma who's part of the assap who's a total sceptic, said one of the only things he's ever seen that he cannot explain is he was stood outside of the house one of these nights and he heard the sound of a horse go from canter to trot to walk as it came up to the front door and then it disappeared. 
And if you know horses, and I do, because I had horses for 30 years, you can definitely tell when they're coming up to you and, and when they're slowing their gait. So, so there was him. But then there's mm -hmm. also this 17th century legend of um, another one-time owner, Sir George Harriet. And he was murdered by a mercenary called Sir Robert um, Lanzingi, I think it is, yeah. who whose plan was to marry the heir, um, the co-heir, sorry, Alicia Standing. And then he was going to murder her and he'd inherit the whole estate. But her lover, secret lover, I guess, challenged Sir Rupert. And after an exchange, Sir Rupert escaped, only to be cut down by one of their retainers. Um, and I learned this, this bit of his, historical knowledge I learned doing this, that's a supporter or dependent of the family with normally a military training. So he, this retainer, beheaded old Sir Rupert and seen around one of the lakes uh, in the past, many, many moons ago, is this headless horseman. And could that be Sir Rupert who was beheaded because of his dastardly deeds of trying to get hold of the estate so that might be the oldest ghost but there is also a story of a roman centurion who is seen was seen passing back and forth on the road by the southerly gate because there is evidence of it being a roman sort of having roman settlement and possibly a glassworks there wasn't there you yeah yeah that. what woodchester's best known for isn't the mansion it's right. the mosaic pavement that was found ah. there in 1793. Um, okay, there it's you go. the largest and most detailed mosaic ever to be found in Britain. And oh, wow. it's nobody can see it now because it was discovered in 1793 and yeah. the village just couldn't cope with the number of people who wanted to come and see it. It's been uncovered seven times since 1880, but in 1973, 140,000 people came to Woodchester to see it. Wow. And Woodchester decided, let's bury it and just cover it up forever. For two reasons. One, if it's exposed to the elements, it's not going to last. And it's yeah. so big, it's not like they can remove it in one piece and put it into a museum. Right. And the second being, people were just flock into this little village of Woodchester to come and see it and they thought we've yeah. got to do something there was a uh, like a huge reproduction made of it several years later that I think had 1.6 million mosaic tiles in it and it was sold for 75,000 wow. pounds but the real one is buried beneath a um, church <laughs> that's firstly what a shame but I totally mm. understand yeah I suppose to any of our listeners across the pond, we're a bit blasé about our history, aren't we, sometimes? Oh, yeah, there's just a massive Roman mosaic just under that churchyard. Yeah. There's so many things in this country. But that obviously ties in with this possibility of, yeah, the oldest ghost being this Roman centurion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, the Romans were definitely here. Yeah, along with the headless horseman following on like from it. that. And the earl cantering up the driveway. And moving on, but I don't think they've been seen or witnessed by current people for a while. But obviously, there's so many other things, aren't there, going on there? Yeah, I mean, from a from a paranormal point of view, I think what I found quite interesting was there's so many characters involved in the building of Woodchester. 
yeah. so many names that we know, but almost all of the ghosts that are said to haunt Woodchester Mansion don't seem to have an identity to go with them. No. Which I find really, really strange because mm. like you would expect some at least some people to put two and two together, perhaps getting five, but saying, mm. oh, this person must be William Lee, for example, or his son William. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they, they were there. You know, like this was yeah. William Lee's baby and it never came to pass. You would expect that somebody would say, oh, like this, there's a ghost in the chapel that stares mm. at the stonework, a short man. Yeah, I think expect... that might be him. Well, I mean, no, no, nothing that I could see says who it is. I could see a couple of reports that claimed that some people think that it might be a stonemason who's a little bit unhappy or sad that the work that he did on the fine stonework in that room is is being ruined somewhat by water, the water damage eroding away at the some of the detail in the carving and, and things like that. But then there's a tall man who's meant to haunt the, the building yes. and there doesn't seem to be a name that goes alongside that person or that character either. Um, yeah. There's a, a young girl. No names there's to go with any singing maid, isn't there? The, yeah, yeah, the... exactly. And sings in Irish. There's no... No names to go with her either. So that this, really, really strange. Really strange. This this young girl as well, a young woman, Elizabeth, I think a name's been put to her. But again, it was by somebody with sort of psychic abilities. Medium, yeah. You kind of have to think, well, who are they right? I don't like to say that any I never say to anyone, Oh, you're talking a load of rubbish. But no. we you do have to kind of accept what what people say sometimes i mean where did this woman come from she wears a white dress made of lace short hair which speaks to me of not being shorter hairs a more modern style in women who is she where's she come from she what relation has she got to the building because no one's ever even lived there no well, except when it was spring park of course one haunting that that there's necessarily names to go with but does make sense is supposedly the Soldiers from World War Two. Did yes. you come across that when you were um, doing your Absolutely. research about what the tragic accident that supposedly happened in the uh, one of the lakes when they were practicing yep. for the D-Day landings? And at first, I saw that and I thought this seemed like the fact that there's no newspaper reports to go alongside it. However, it was incredibly secretive. There was mm. barbed wire put around the park. Yeah. around Woodchester Park to stop anybody getting there. There were sentries patrolling the perimeter so that people couldn't come along and see what was going on. So if there was an accident where somewhere between 2 and 20 troops were sadly drowned in inside of like some kind of armoured vehicle that, that fell into the water yeah. on one of the bridges or the pontoons that were being built, yeah, it makes sense that that perhaps wouldn't have been reported at the time. And... The bodies were supposedly taken inside the mansion. Nowadays, it's being claimed that there's the ghosts of soldiers said to wander the mansion. Yeah, there's, it's interesting, that one, because actually there's a story in Wiltshire, um, the lost village of Imber, and there was a huge military accident that Churchill witnessed, apparently, but it wasn't reported at all because... Well, A, there was so much to report in the midst of World War Two, and it, they didn't have the internet. But also, no. I think a lot of it was kept very hush-hush. Yeah. Because obviously, it's an intelligence issue, isn't it? So I think some of these tragedies that have happened, like you say, 
there aren't going to be records of them. They weren't no. kept quiet. They were sort of military secrets. So yeah, and it's bad for it. a lot of it was con- because of morale. A couple of weeks before this comes out, there'll be a two-parter about the London Underground. And mm. there was a an accident that happened on the underground where 173 people were crushed to death when an air raid siren went off. And that yeah. was kept quiet for 36 hours. And then when it was reported, the government lied about it in order to maintain morale because it didn't happen because there was a genuine air raid. It happened right. because they were testing an air raid siren and an anti-aircraft gun and people were panicking and rushing right. to this underground station. Yeah. And in the panic, people fell over, going down the stairs, people fell over and there was a big crush and 173 oh, people were killed. And it was reported by the government that the deaths were as a result of a bomb hitting right. the, the station because they didn't right. want to tell the truth because yeah. they thought it would do more harm than good. And you can sort of understand that. And, hey, you know, mm-hmm. uh, look at our present government. Let's not go into politics too much. No. But they all lie. So... Yeah, I can I can see that and I can see that there's also like there is a bit of conflicting information out there because there was something I read that a diver who'd gone down had found sort of heavy mi- military equipment for want of a better word at the bottom of one of the lakes. Okay, interesting. There's I didn't another that. Yeah, but there's another there's other accounts saying nothing's been found. So which one is true? um we we don't really know but no going back, back to the actual ghosts of them there is a really interesting photo out there some people are like oh it's it definitely looks like a soldier i look at it and go it's a very strange photo it's a very weird face but how they've decided it's a canadian or american airman i don't know but there's also other stuff isn't there about the smell of frying bacon and 1940s music had yeah. heard yeah in some of the rooms so i mean that definitely that those ghosts would sort of fit with the history of the place mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think woodchester i know it's not a million miles away from you mm. i'm gonna have to get there yeah. i need <laughs> i need to go to woodchester and the thing is as well there's overnight paranormal investigations yeah there imagine the spending the night there well, that's interesting, actually. And I don't know, again, I really hope you haven't covered this, but I came across on, I'm not a Facebook user, but I did no, come across neither. a couple of accounts. And there was a couple of weird things said. So there was a guy who said that one night there was a ghost group up there, I think it was 2003, and they all came out of the building at the same time to go back to their cars. And all, all of the cars were locked, but all of the interior lights were on in all of the cars and there's also another report of a caretaker that was at the building and he came out his dog was barking at 2 30 a.m and he left his flat came out and discovered all the lights in the mansion were on but all, all the doors were locked nobody there and it said in this report first time it had happened in six years which indicates to me that maybe that's something that goes on in the mansion and has been recently witnessed by one of these paranormal tours that seem to go on there in the at least the summer, sort of spring through to autumn. They do yeah. seem to be quite regular, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I think that I might make it my goal in the next year or two to spend a night there. You definitely Maybe. should. 
I think so. I think some of these paranormal groups, like anybody's listening, it like I've just had an email this evening from a, a listener called Harry. Saying, oh, I'm really yeah. interested in getting into the paranormal, doing ghost hunts. How how would I go about it? And I think a lot of these groups <laughs> are, are the the perfect gateway into getting into to doing investigations because they've got all the equipment, they know yeah. what they're doing. There's safety in numbers if you're fairly new to yeah. all, you know. So I, I do think that Woodchester Mansion might be a place that I make it me goal to get to. It has to be done, I think. It's such a mysterious yeah. building. And I, I do think that a lot of the stuff that you see online about the workmen fled and left all of the tools behind. Mm. Is that an embellishment? Did that really happen? Where did that come from? Because from what I can see, it might be something that was created by most haunted. Uh, and now I call myself a sceptical believer. And I would certainly say that that show is on the side of the more sceptical. So... Where did they get that information from? I haven't found it anywhere. Like we said earlier, I think the reason that the place hasn't been completed is because it was badly designed because of it was being designed for not for architectural sort of ease of building and the right way to build, but more for the effect of it. Um, and also economical issues. So, and the older it gets, the more money that would need to be ploughed into it to finish it. Yeah. And the place was damp, and it was, you know, difficult to work on. And I, know. I, I don't know. I, I'm I mean, not it's... sure if there's anything weird going no, on there. No, I mean to answer the question about where did the workmen leave in the tools? I mean, it might be true. I don't see why might it would be, be yeah. but I suspect it's an embellishment that's been added. And it's just kind of just kind of caught on. I mean, it's just it's such a shame it was never finished because when William Lee died and his son Willie took over, he mm. looked into the idea of getting it finished. Yeah, but it, he was told it's going to be so much cheaper to just make a new house. You know, yeah. he was told it was going to cost about twice the amount of money that the estate would make in a year to keep it running every year but then I think the best chance the mansion had of being completed was when Blanche who was William Lee's his granddaughter was granddaughter yeah it was Willie Lee's daughter so it was his granddaughter she she started looking after the mansion around the the end of the 19th century into the 20th century and she had the best idea that I think any of them have had where she said Let's get it finished mm. and mm. then we'll rent it out and we'll use yeah. the money that we make from letting it out to pay off the money that it's cost. And then they'd be left with a completed mansion. She was yeah. talking about doing that in 1906 when Willie Lee died. But yeah. when Willie Lee died, it went to his eldest son, Frank. But then Frank died right. four months later. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. when Frank died, it went to. Willie Lee's second oldest son, Henry Vincent, who called himself Vincent. And right. he he didn't want to do it. So he ended up selling the, the, the mansion in 1921 because he was offered some money for it. That was the best chance Woodchester, I think, ever had of being finished. Because she clearly had a, a bit of a bit of business acumen and thought, well, you know what? Yeah. It's this building sitting here doing absolutely nothing. I'm astonished it never got tore down. 
like people had to maintain it and make sure the roof was in good condition and clear the gutters out and make sure that because as soon as the roof went then the inside of the building's going to be gone yeah i'm surprised they didn't just tear it down you know but that i think blanche was the closest that the best shot that woodchester mansion ever had of being finished i think didn't it get sold at some point as potentially to become a sort of mental hospital mental hospital but then of course world war ii here yeah yeah i think it's it was really lucky there's the great horseshoe and lesser horseshoe bats in there and that probably gave it a few years before stroud Mm -hmm. council stepped in and then they listed it yeah it's obviously grade one now isn't it Mm -hmm. um and now they they are obliged to keep it over and we've we're lucky to have sort of the national trust and well, it's historic yeah. England now, but it was English heritage back then to swoop in and say, we're going to keep it going. But actually, like you look at it and you think, why Why is it sort of so, it's not that old. It was never finished. No. Why is it grade one listed even? <laughs> and I guess it must be just all of the history behind it now. I think so. And it's I think that, crazy. I think anybody, anybody who goes to visit it, who hasn't looked into it or who doesn't know the history behind it, and who wonders why it was never finished? I'll end up going down the same research rabbit hole that yourself and I have probably been down trying to yeah. separate fact from fiction because, like, the internet's the worst place. Look, there's so many websites out there that make out that it was something paranormal. It was some no. paranormal reason why it was never finished. And the thing is, for my podcast, I'd love to say it was, but I can't because I like to report the truth as opposed to manipulating the facts or not as yeah. it may be to, to try and te- to try and tell a spooky story whether it's not finished for a economic reason which i i think is the case and just possibly lots of bad luck and things coming along and the fact that it needed so much money is probably the truth but i also think that without a doubt there's some weird energies in that place. There's something mm. strange going on. There's too much that's been reported for us to discount all of it. But ultimately, Rob, you're going to have to go and find it out for yourself. And I am. Back I am. And episode. I've got a question for you because I know yeah. that we've probably. T- I don't. I can't think of an awful lot more we can we can necessarily discuss around Woodchester. But I've got a question for you. Are you okay. going to go and visit it? <laughs> Well, you know, anyone that knows me knows that I'm not an investigator and I've only ever been on one investigation and that was at the Ancient Ram, which yeah. it actually isn't far from Woodchester, is it? No. And I, I'll i tell you this, if you go, oh no, I'm going to say this out loud, mm-hmm. I'm committed. Go on. If you go, I'll come up for the night and I will cling onto your arm. Do not leave me on my own. It's a deal. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's only it's only a five hour drive from mine. Yeah, just down the road. Just just down you know, the road. People in America they do that to go and get dinner. So what are we moaning about? That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> Let's do it. And then we can Next, report back yeah. on on what happens. Yeah. Or not. Why not? Or or not, yeah. as the case may be. I mean, I've said this before, but I did my first investigation at Halloween two thousand and two. 21 years ago 90 at least 90 percent of the investigations i've been on have been nothing's happened and i've been to some places that are supposedly 
some of the scariest places in the UK. I've been yeah. to some incredible places, especially in York and Edinburgh, where you would think this should be haunted. Something things happened. Happen. But I mean, I, I, it, it's one of those things, you know. I think you've got to do an awful lot in order to, well, experience something that you can't explain. But well, let's let's see what happens. Woodchester Mansion. Let's yeah. make it happen. Let's make it happen. Well, I've got a theory, and this comes from I don't know if you've ever come across Owen at the Time Between Times, um, which is yeah. he's an amazing Welsh storyteller, and yeah. um, he and I have chatted about ghosts, and we both are of the same opinion that it's when you least expect it that something's going to happen. You go looking for mm-hmm. it, they're not performing seals. No, you're not going to find anything. But it's when, yeah, when you don't think anything's going to happen, and you're just getting ready for bed or reading a book, that's when you're ghost is gonna your ghostly monk's gonna float through the wall in front of you and go out the other wall so um i mean we can still give woodchester a try why not let's see what happens i'll have a look (laughs) all right then i've committed now (laughs) thank you for joining us to talk about woodchester and i'm sure that i'll have you back on again if you're Uh uh, if you're game because always I mean, that's fan favourite. What can I say? People, people get in touch saying, "Oh, when's Emma? When's Emma going to be back on?" I want to hear more of Emma. I don't want. I don't want to hear you. I'm charmed by that. Thank you, yeah. fans. Where can people find your stuff? Where can people get in touch with your good self? Well, the best place is weird-wiltshire.co.uk, and because we're not calling it X, we're calling it Twitter. Yeah, you'll find me there at, at weirdwiltsblog. Um, and just to be difficult, I think I have to point this out. It's a capital W for weird, capital W for Wilts, and capital B for blog. Um, and I'm also same handle over on Blue Sky, anyone that's trying that out. But yeah, drop me a line. I know I'm always happy to chat with people and follow me over on there. And it'd be nice to say hi to anyone. Oh, well, thank you so much. And because this is coming out just before Christmas... Yeah. Merry Christmas. Christmas. I hope it's I hope you have a hope you have a good one. And um here's to a ghostly new year as well. Mm, I hope you have a frightfully good Christmas. Uh, See what I did there. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> All right. Well, and a thank um yeah, happy Christmas to everyone that's listening, of course. Yeah. Have a good one. All right, you take Bye care. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much to Emma for taking the time to talk with me, and be sure to check out her excellent blog at weird-wiltshire.co.uk. The link is in this podcast episode description. As you'll have heard me mention to Emma during our chat, my interest in Woodchester Mansion was sparked by a radio show at Halloween 2001 on local radio broadcast here in the North East. The presenter went to Woodchester Mansion and spent the night there, all alone in a terrifying yet compelling few hours of radio. During that show he told a story dating from the 17th century, which I've not heard or seen in print anywhere since. Where the story originated, I have no idea. I heard it on that radio show 22 years ago and it stayed with me, and I will retell it for you now. John Henry was a farm worker who lived in the Woodchester Valley, and in 1635 he married Ruth Jones. She was a Welsh lass and made a wonderful home for John and her to live very happily for ten years, although they were not blessed with children. 
In January of 1645, disaster struck, as Ruth died of influenza. John was devastated, and he told nobody that she died. He said no one would part them. When friends and neighbours asked where she was, he would say, Oh, she's home in bed, she's not been well. Some would send bowls of broth, others would send their best wishes or bunches of flowers. He was partially telling the truth, as Ruth was still at home, lying in their bed, and he never stopped loving her. He treated her body with balms and potions that he'd get from local witches. He hoped that it would stop her body from rotting, but he was totally unsuccessful. In February 1946, 13 months after Ruth's death, a farmer came to John's home to discuss work, and this is when all was revealed. John Henry had lived in the stench of death's dreadful decay for over a year, and he simply didn't notice it anymore. But as soon as the farmer smelled it, he pushed past John and headed upstairs, where he found the naked dead body of Ruth lying in the bed. The skin was fallen from her bones, and maggots were eating their way into her eye sockets. The farmer vomited as John Henry ran to his wife's side, pleading, I love her. Leave her alone. You can't take her away from me. Within a day, an undertaker came and took Ruth's rotten corpse away to be buried in the local churchyard. That night, John Henry went to the graveyard with a shovel under the cover of darkness. He dug down to his wife's coffin, and he was found the next morning sleeping inside the coffin next to his wife's body. He was told by the vicar to leave his wife to let her rest in peace, but every night he would dig down to his wife's coffin and sleep alongside her. Before long, rumour had spread throughout Woodchester that he was a necrophiliac, having sex with his dead wife's body each night. Later that year, John Henry was murdered by a group of men disgusted at his behaviour. Some versions of the story say he was kicked to death, others that he was impaled on a pitchfork during an argument. His body was buried in a plot right next to his beloved wife. Over 200 years later, in 1877, the graveyard was moved to allow for some building work. When they opened John Henry's coffin, it was empty. But when they opened Ruth's coffin, they found the skeleton of John lying on top of her, reunited in death. You can follow How Haunted on Twitter at at HowHauntedPod or over on Instagram at HowHauntedPod where you will see photos galore relating to Woodchester Mansion. If you want to get in touch, you can do so by visiting the website at www.how-haunted.com or you can email me at rob at how-haunted.com If you'd like to support the show, you can sign up to one of three Patreon tiers. They start at as little as £1. You can get early ad-free access to episodes and a monthly bonus episode where I conduct a paranormal investigation, talking you through the history, the ghost stories, and what happened on the night itself. This is interspersed with audio from the ghost hunt. What's more, there's a free seven-day trial to the £3 tier right now, so you could get access to November's special episode, which joins me overnight at the Bedlam Theatre in Edinburgh. There are all of the other special episodes waiting for you as well, including the big Halloween special at the Golden Fleece in York, the National Railway Museum, Dalhousie Castle Hotel, the York Dungeon, the Camo Estate, Haggerston Castle Holiday Park and more. 
The Christmas Patreon episode will be released soon, and will see me spend a night at Kielder Castle in Northumberland. You can also get yourself some exclusive How Haunted merch, including a mug and a t-shirt. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash howhauntedpod. If you'd like to support the show but you aren't a fan of Patreon, why not donate £2, perhaps as a Christmas gift to me, at buymeacoffee.com forward slash howhauntedpod. All the information and links are in the podcast episode description. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please consider leaving a review on your podcast provider of choice. It helps other people to find How Haunted. Next time out, it's Christmas. And it's a time of year when ghost stories are traditionally told. So it feels like the perfect opportunity to feature some of the real ghost stories I've received from listeners just like you since the podcast began. Not only that, but some of the podcasters and YouTubers will drop by to tell us of their terrifying paranormal encounters. Next week, join me for the second annual Nightmare Before Christmas special. Thank you so much for accompanying me for our paranormal adventures once again. Stay safe, and join me next time, when we will once again ask the question, How Haunted? <laughs>